Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Better never rest. Good evening, everybody. It is the Georgia Show. Jake Rowe, Rusty Mansell, Palmer Toms with you. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about tonight, guys, is we're here for a good time. We're not even here for a long time because all of a sudden we're looking at this, uh, doing these shows and things, Rusty, and there's no injuries to talk about. There's no – I mean, we're, 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 we're running out of content now. Why did you just jinx that? Hey, man, I ain't. I don't believe in that shit. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that stuff. Sorry. Hey, uh, I don't believe hey, in that. This hey, ain't this hey, ain't Mark hey, after dark. Hey, hey. All right, all right. I don't believe it. Okay, I got some wood right here. I knocked on it. Kirby, Kirby says stuff like that. And he knocks on the See, wood. Brian so Bivens. Brian Bivens already got you. Just, just don't talk about Fight Club and Fight Club. You just don't talk about <laughs> it. Man. But hey, there's just. I was thinking about. It. I was getting ready to try to put the show together. We cover the number one team in the country. They're going to play Tennessee, and I was like. What what are we going to talk about? You know, I mean, obviously we could talk about the game and stuff like that. And I, I mean, you know, listen, Georgia, Georgia's dealt with it, man. And, and I think somebody had a good point. Um, and and this wasn't where I intended to start tonight, but somebody had a good point, and they were like, man, it was almost like everybody else is dealing with the injury stuff now that Georgia dealt with for the first six or seven or eight weeks of the season. And that's that's certainly what it feels like right now. Can we get off the injury subject? No, we, hey, dude, we ain't gonna do nothing. I promise. You're making me nervous. Oh you're, boy, you're not, you're not nothing, wrong about that. Nothing, nothing irritates or harder to cover than an injury at Georgia and try to find out what's going on, Jake. Big you time. Know, me and you don't want to even talk about it right now. We just, yeah, that that's the main thing. That's the main we thing. We don't want to, okay, we'll get off of it. We'll get off of it. Um, let's start tonight with uh, recruiting. We don't normally start with recruiting, but let's just go ahead because Jeremy Johnson and I. Um, you know, did a video earlier today where we discussed the commitment of Nasir Johnson and Rusty. You had a piece up uh, over at Dogs HQ. I mean, from from a numbers perspective, from a fits the scheme perspective, from a he's a state of Georgia kid perspective. This is just so many good things happening at once for Georgia, and also um, flipping a guy from Florida. I think this is also uh, to show you that senior tape matters. You know what I mean? This this guy played himself into this class. Georgia saw him last spring twice, um, had him on campus this summer. Uh, but, you know, it happens. I mean, people start thinking, you know, what happened? And this is a fallback. This is not really a fallback. This kid played himself on the board at Georgia. He wanted to go to Georgia. And uh, kudos to other schools that recruited him. And uh, at the end of the day, Georgia – it was like we, you know, Fran Brown, um, Trey Scott went down, I believe, the bye week, I believe, and watched him play. And man, they've turned it up ever since, uh, seeing him in person early on. I tell you what, I think they went saw him the night before the Georgia Florida game. 
So, uh, you know, this is a kid that's from South Georgia. I say Dublin, South Georgia for me. Uh, he's six foot four and a half, 200 and what, 280 pounds, 285 pounds. He can turn a backflip. He does all that stuff. But we talk about it a lot, Jake, and there's only so many of these body types. And when you get a kid like this that in this day and age, man, when you get a kid that wants to be at Georgia, that the state of Georgia means something to him, playing for the Georgia Bulldogs means something to him, uh, he's a lifelong Georgia fan, man, that, that, that goes a long way, not only in this decision today, when things get tough in Athens and he's getting challenged and he's sitting there and it happens to every single freshman, I don't care who it is, when you start having doubts or you get pissed off because you're not a five-star recruit anymore and Kirby's Martin could care less what you're ranked, um, you know, what, what, what is your passion? What is your why? And this kid knows that he's going to Georgia and he's going to have to work his tail off. But at the end of the day, that's where he wants to be. And there's opportunity on this defensive line. You know, Jake oh, talked yeah. about it earlier today, but, you know, you, you know, Tremel Wildflower is gone. He's, he's the only guy on this team that doesn't have any eligibility left. Um, you, you had three guys that walked on senior day from the interior of this defensive line. Um, and, and so, you know, with Zion Logue and, and Warren Brenton and Nazir Stackhouse, and look, there's a shot that Georgia gets one or two of them back. And, you know, I, I would be willing to predict that they do get one of them back. Um, just because that there's an opportunity if, if multiple guys leave, there's an opportunity for one of those guys to step up, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity for some of these youngsters. And that's why they are making defensive lines such a priority in this class, because there is such an overhaul. And, you know, Jake, like you pointed out earlier, it goes back to last class and and the fact that, you know, they, they lose bear Alexander, they lose Sean Washington guys that, you know, were a part of a class that wasn't all that big in the first place. And you lose those guys and uh, you know, those numbers start to dwindle. No doubt about it. I got the mute button got me again. That's just becoming a thing. Uh, one of the things, uh, a little story for Georgia fans out here that I haven't gotten to tell, but I've learned about since. Um, so, uh, you know, this year, Florida's uh, opportunity to host recruits um, in uh, in Jacksonville for the game. Um, here comes Nasir Johnson walking in. He's got his Dublin stuff on, right? You see the colors, uh, green, gold, uh, white. He's wearing his Dublin stuff. He has a little entourage with him, a family members, uh, uh, mom and dad, grandparents, I think maybe uh, everybody in his entourage decked out head to toe as guests to the Georgia-Florida game in Georgia gear. Um, so they were all in their uh, red and black uh, decked out in their Georgia gear when they showed up for that game. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Might have been a pretty good tell if anybody could have gotten eyes on it because uh simple fact that we don't get to get down there on the field and, and see those things. Uh, when, you know, for that game in particular, I thought was pretty interesting. But, I mean, this guy checks off so many boxes. And like Rusty said, I mean, one Jeremy pointed out earlier, Jeremy, Jeremy was like, man, I saw this kid versus, versus Swainsboro earlier this year, and he was a big reason why they were able to win that game. I mean, he's just – and he plays both ways. He plays really – he plays hard. Um, you know, you watch that film, and he lines up – I'm not saying he's going to do this in Athens, but he lines up on the edge. He lines up at, at you know in the middle. He lines up with three technique. He plays guard on offense. I mean, this is an old school. This is the kind of old school football player that Vince Dooley would have salivated over. You know that he plays you know multiple positions. Bear Bryant and those guys. This guy likes to 
he plays a lot of ball. And sometimes those guys pan out, sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, listen, 6'4", 300 pounds, doesn't grow on trees. And I don't love player comps, but somebody brought up Tyler Clark earlier today, and I thought, that's actually kind of solid. You know, I mean, I think he might be a little bigger than Tyler Clark. I have a little bit bigger frame. He's but he, he, bigger lower body than Tyler Clark, but yeah, yeah I can see that, yeah. Yep. So yeah, he's he's a he's a good looking player, man. And and you know this, like you said, this is not a fallback option. This is a guy that once they saw that senior film, um, they they wanted in on. And you love it when a guy like this is just getting better as his high school career goes on. Because Rusty, we see so many, so many who put a great junior film, junior season on tape, Tap and out. then they get senioritis. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's the reason why Dublin's you know got a chance to play deep in the playoff, you know, people like this. But, you know, I just really want to – I saw a couple of people, you know, saying this is a fallback. It, it, this is this is not a fallback. Like, they recruited this kid hard. And uh, once they got a better look at him a couple of times and got his mom on campus, I mean, they this wasn't like – this ain't like December the 12th. They were doing this in September. You know, they were doing this in late July trying to, uh, trying to make sure they stood in communication with this kid. Absolutely. And the, the thing that we cannot discount one bit is the fact that he is fr- he hails from the hometown of the finest sub shop in the land, Brian's Giant Subs, uh, the official sub shop of the uh, of Dogs HQ. So uh, we got that in there, too. All right. Uh, hey, Palmer, let's talk about let's do prize picks. Let's do our folks. Let's let's uh, let's give our folks prize, picks? prize picks some love. Prize right? picks. Let's, prize let's get picks. Prize picks. All right. Listen. Up. Prize picks, this is not fantasy football, guys. This is a skill-based opportunity for you to make a little bit of cash. You, basically, what you do is you pick uh, two or more of, uh, of, of the parameters here. You've got certain players. You've got over-under yardages set. You pick who you want. You pick the over. You pick the under. Pick at least two, and you roll with it. And you can you got a chance to make money. You can get with the promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, you can get your initial deposit matched up to $100 uh, when you start a prize picks account today. And we're going to make a couple for you real quick um, because they've got some of the Georgia ones up earlier than normal. And, uh, Palmer, is that are those our three right there? Are those are four? Those one we looking I've, at? I've got, I've, got, right? I've got four and was going to leave it up for discussion here if we wanted to uh, – to, to, you know, pull the trigger on all four or um, I, I've already put in one of them. Uh, th- this feels like an auto pick right here. Uh, go more on 55 and a half receiving yeah. yards for Brock Powers. Let's Just, do it. You know, uh, talking to him this week and hearing from him, I'm not betting against that guy. He's, he's a freak. The one um, thing I will say, he doesn't always have the biggest games against Tennessee. I mean, Georgia's had two dominant wins against Tennessee since he's been there, but he hasn't always put up the biggest numbers. So he's due. I guess he's due. He's due. Rusty, what do you think about that Carson Beck number at 287 and a half? Oof. Mm. We went under last week and he made fools out of us. Yeah, I still think Georgia wants to run the football because you want to keep that offense off the field. And, um, you know, Tennessee's strength, I think, is their D line, uh, those big tackles. Uh, I'll go, I'll go under that. I'll go under 287. I right, right. so less. Now, now you mentioned the run game. I would go over seventy-five for days. Do, do we do we go more seventy-five and a half? Yeah, I think Georgia's got to run the football, man. They've got to keep that crowd out of it and keep that offense off the field. There's no better way to do that than to run the football. All right, so we'll just stick with those three. We got more on fifty-five and a half for Brock Bowers receiving yards. We got under on the two eighty-seven and a half for Carson Beck passing yards, and then we've got over on the seventy-five and a half. Is that right, Palmer? 
Uh, 75 and a half. Yes, sir. 75, 75 and a half. half on Promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for a, for a deposit match up to 100 bucks. Open one account today. Check out prize picks. Make a little cash. Flash it around for the ladies. Um, you know, flash it around. Ladies, if you want to play, flash it around for the men, all right? All right, let's talk about this number one ranked team. Uh, any Real quick, anybody surprised? At Georgia nope. moving up, I, I think every interview I did prior to the playoff thing, uh, any radio stuff, I said I thought they were going to be number one. It did not shock me at all. Two teams that uh, so beat number nine, Ole Miss at home, and I think they they drummed them. I think they beat them down and yeah. they they backed them off in the fourth quarter. Could have got worse. Uh, Missouri gave Georgia all they wanted basically for four quarters, and now they're number ten. So that's another good win for Georgia. Uh, Missouri beating. Tennessee at home. So all that looks really good for Georgia. And, you know, based off the last two weeks, I don't see how they, Georgia couldn't have been number one. I don't think that surprised anyone. Absolutely. And I think actually Missouri came in at number nine, didn't they? Isn't that right? I thought, yeah, nine. Nine. I thought they played, they were nine. Oh, they were nine and Ole Miss was 12, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you think about that, Georgia beat the number nine team in the country without their best oh, player. Gotcha. Yeah. They beat the number nine team in the country without their best player, maybe best two pro prospects. Um, so that's, uh, it's pretty – I don't know that the committee was in there talking about that. But, uh, Palmer, anything shock you about it? No, the rankings, no. I mean, you know, I, I put out – especially as we were watching it and seeing, um, you know, the, the way that those resumes were stacking up. And, look, it's November 15th. It doesn't matter. You know, the, the both these teams have uh, – you know, and, and, you know, I say both, meaning t- t- talking about Ohio State and Georgia, the number one and number two. But you can throw Michigan in there as well because they're a part of – the, the big games and Alabama's got a big game and, and, you know, look, Oregon state has an opportunity here uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, playing Washington this week and Oregon the next week. Um, you know, they've got a chance to, to ruffle up some feathers and we'll see what, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what that PAC 12 championship game looks like. Th- there's a lot of football left to be played. And, you know, I, at this point, I completely agree. Georgia number one it felt like an automatic, Thing after seeing the way that they handled Ole Miss and and the way that that Missouri win just looks better and better because Missouri handled this Tennessee team, but all these teams, Georgia included, you know, have to handle their business as the rest of the season plays out. One hundred percent, man, and I still expect chaos to ensue. I mean, I think I think we're still always looking- does. I still think you know, I still think we're looking at a situation looking at the I don't think this is the anomaly of the season. I don't know that one of those exists. It's just basically is it chaos or is it a ton of chaos? And uh Rusty, we've already kind of gotten into talking to this about this Tennessee game. You you had a chance to kind of dive into it just a little bit there under that prize picks thing. Um hey, but before we transition to Tennessee completely, I do want to address this question in the in the chat here. Uh about if we think that Georgia would be able to get in with a loss to Alabama. I, I, I'm under the assumption of no. Uh, no. Not right now. No. Not right now. Not unless things get, get crazy like we expect them to. And we'll see. They got to get crazy enough. They get real crazy. That's yeah. a, that, 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 that game is a, uh, it's a playoff game. Yeah. And it has been a couple of times, but it, it is definitely a playoff yeah. game. I mean, there's some, some chaos is going to have to ensue. But I tell you what, man, we went into conference championship weekend last year. And Ohio State was out. They were done. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they were in. So it's, it's one of those things. It's just, 
the difference to me this year is that all five conferences are very much a part of the playoff picture. And, and I think that's great for the last year of a four team playoff. It, right now they are interest. Yeah, you're right. Right. Right now they are now. I mean, it would really shock me if we're going into conference championship Saturday and they're not all five still a part of it because if you're, if you're you know, Georgia ironically, fan. Georgia, Georgia fans are going to be Florida fans here in a couple of weeks trying to watch and, Florida State. And, and Oregon State. Oregon yeah. State and Florida. Like, you better be a beaver and you better be a gator. Yeah, absolutely. Beavers and gators, baby. Um, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. And I mean, listen, the, the, we, we still got chaos that could ensue there in the Big 12. I mean, they got one team alive and that is it. You know, if Texas finds a way to drop a game here in these last two, you're looking at that too. So, I mean, I don't see it happening, but I also didn't think that some of the teams that have played Texas as well as they have uh, could do it. So, as of right now, yes, that's absolutely a playoff game. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and as far as I know, it's going to stay that way. But, I mean, still a lot can change, and that's kind of something. And that's why Georgia's got to go into Tennessee this weekend. And win this ball and, and do what it can to win this ball game. This is not one of those, you know, you can't, you know, yeah. you know, saw step around and 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 you know get yourself beat here. You've got to go in there and do it. And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one thing that I keep going back to, man, I don't know what Georgia can pull off that Missouri film, but Lord have mercy. That was a, that was just a, uh, hey, it was, they stood on business. I went and watched watched it last night, man. Missouri, uh, Tennessee had two costly, costly turnovers. One, I think they fumbled on the 10 yard line. Right before the half. Right before the half. And one, they fumbled on like the 20. You know what I mean? If they score any points right there, it's a different football game. They just listen. They were forced plays, so kudos to Missouri. Yeah, uh, Missouri caused turnovers. Uh, Georgia did that last year at home against Tennessee. Had some turnovers and uh, capitalized on those things. But boy, I tell you what, reading the pulse of Georgia fans going in this Tennessee game, it, it, it might be it might be a the cooler might need to be stocked this weekend because this is going to be no damn joke. I can assure you right now. Uh, I was talking to Randy McMichael today, former Georgia Bulldog, and uh, does radio 929 in Atlanta. And he said he said that by, by far he thought this was Georgia's toughest game. Like, this is Tennessee Super Bowl. They play outstanding at home. I mean, this crowd, this will be the best crowd that Georgia plays in front of. And, I mean, I'm saying the loudest. Uh, Jordan-Hare is an unbelievable stadium. Uh, but this this has been marked on their calendar for 365 days. Uh, after being ranked number one, the way Georgia beat them last year, I mean, Georgia has got their freaking hands full this weekend in Knoxville. If it was in Athens, I, I feel like they're about to handle business again. But Georgia hasn't played great on the road. Now, let's just be honest. No, they haven't. You're right. Georgia has not played great on the road. Uh, they got all their pieces back. But but I'm telling you, man, that these this, this right here, I'm going to be surprised if it's not a four-quarter game. I'll be honest with you. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today, Rusty, whenever I was thinking about, you know, how, how Georgia played at Auburn early this year. I also think Georgia might be a different team now. Yeah. You know, like I also think they yeah. might be a, a little bit of a different team because, they were, you know, Georgia struggled at home during that stretch too, you know, sure. with Auburn. When they struggled with South Carolina. So, 
Um, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because on one hand, you do see, you know, you do know that this is this win makes Tennessee season season very successful for them. On the other hand, they've got no goals left in terms of what they can't win the East. They can't go to the SEC championship game. They've lost three ball games in the league. Um, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something else. Uh, just out of curiosity, I scrolled through the old uh, Marriott app earlier today. Oh to boy! To what the hotels look like in Tennessee. Few of those places that were sold out about two months ago are not yeah. sold out anymore. Yeah, that's good. Cool. I Listen, don't know. If, I don't know if they're cutting. I don't know if they're cutting hotels room loose at the last yeah, minute. Probably or, are. Probably are. Yeah. Or uh, or if some folks gave them back. I yeah. don't know. I, I I'm just interested to know. I'd love to know why. I see Rhett Womack with a comment there. We need a strong start. I mean that 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 is the key. If Georgia gets off to a good start and and put some points on them, that's the way to dictate that crowd. That's the way to dictate that game. But you know, Georgia hasn't started out great on defense. They've given up drives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ole Miss was, was 14 to 14, and they, and they, they shut them down to that. But give up 14 early to Tennessee, and you you got your damn hands full up there uh, because it's just going to be a different environment. Now, am I picking Tennessee to win? I'm not. I'm not picking Tennessee to win. But I can assure you this game right here is going to be a damn war in Knoxville. This is not going to be 36 to 7. That what you saw that Missouri game, and that running back got three hundred total yards or whatever. He had one hundred twenty on Shredded Georgia. By had Schrader. Georgia had their hands full with that dude. They couldn't tackle him either. Uh, some turnovers. Georgia created some turnovers, and that was a really good job. So um, I just think I think this one's this one's going to be another big test. I I will pick Georgia to win this game. So nobody take that different. But I can assure you, reading kind of the pulse. Of what I see, Georgia fans, they're, they're expecting to just easily handle business. And that, that I would be shocked if that's the case. I'd be shocked. I got to say, I would not. I, I would not. I just – I think I think this Georgia team has tasted – got a got a little bit of a taste of its own blood early this year. Um, they, they, they've handled it in big games. I, mean, I, I, I expect it to be very competitive, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really do. And I think probably going to be a little lower scoring than than some of the previous games have been. Because uh, I think Tennessee's better defensively than they have been the past two years, and That's up front, um, yeah. But um, not going to shock me at all if uh, if Georgia kind of comes out and beats up on them a little bit, well, just because I, I do think Georgia's a different team now. Um, and it's in, and you know this is the healthiest you know in terms of getting Bowers and Mims and yeah. and Lad on the field together. This is the this the best opportunity they will have had um, this year to do those things. Palmer, um, listen, you you're a Tennessee guy. You you bleed orange and orange and white, basically, is what I've been told. What uh what what do you know about this game? What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I don't bleed orange and white. Uh, no, we never. see that diploma over your left shoulder. Yeah, buddy. Ne- ne- never have. Um, <laughs> no, I I think you know it's it's interesting. You know, it always interesting when Georgia goes to Neyland. Um, you know, I, I just ch- checked it out because I thought I was correct in this thinking and I was Georgia has trailed early in both in the last two trips to Knoxville. Um, and, and Jake, we were sitting there. I can't remember if it was 19 or 21, but you, you said to me, you know, Tennessee gets a, makes a play here and this place is about to explode. Um, and you know, in 21, Georgia was down at the end of the first quarter and in 20 and 19, um, you know, they, they trailed early in the second quarter because Tennessee scored a touchdown there. Um, you know, back and forth, it wasn't like Tennessee jumped out and just ran away with it, 
you know, and, and was out to an, or jumped out to an early lead, but you know, they were ahead. And, and so this crowd is going to be in it, um, you know, and, and it's on Georgia to take them out of it. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's a benefit that Georgia had last year, uh, you know, in, in this game in Athens, it's a benefit that they've had the last two weeks in Athens last week, especially. Um, but, you know, as they go on the road, you know, and we say Georgia hasn't been good on the road. We've seen them really on the road once. Uh, I mean, you know, because I don't consider that. I, you know, I, I take that Vanderbilt play, game with a grain of salt. They didn't play good in Nashville. I take it with a grain of salt, though, because uh, you, you look at that game, and it was just weird. I mean, everything yeah. about it was weird. There were yeah. guys in the game that don't normally play a ton of snaps. And, you know, I, I think Georgia used it as a little bit of a tune-up before that bye week, get some film out there, you know, let's see what we've got in, in type deal and, and, you know, what kind of adjustments can we make? What do we need to, you know, force a little bit more during this bye week? I mean, Damon Wilson was out on the field for the first time playing significant snaps on that Saturday. Um, you know, so it wasn't their best outing. I, I'd take that one with a little bit of a grain of salt, like I said. But, you know, the the game in at Auburn, you know, this is just a very different Georgia team in general, I think. Like Jake said, there's a lot more health here for this offense. Um, you know, I think that some of these guys on defense, um, you know, have, have grown up and, you know, they, they've been – put to the fire. I mean, Dalen Everett in that Auburn game got thrown into the fire a little bit and, and he's, you know, certainly had to face his challenges the last couple of weeks and, you know, going to continue to face him, especially as Julian Humphrey, um, you know, is, is doubtful for Saturday. Um, you know, not a ton that we got from Kirby this week on that injury, but, you know, I don't think any of us are expecting seeing him out there anytime soon. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that this game on Saturdays is, is going to be an interesting one. Always is, um, you know, two teams, two two fan bases that, uh, you know, ha- have crossed paths plenty of times over the last couple of years, and there have been some entertaining games. All right. Listen, we're going to chop some wood in a minute, but before we do that, we need to mention our partners over at Axia Time. Listen, if you're one of these people that you're looking for the perfect gift and you're looking for it right now and not on Christmas Eve like Rusty Mansell, Hey, uh, it's time to I, we've we've got a really we've got a fantastic idea to you because if you so many Georgia Bulldog fans, I'm sure they have almost everything. They don't have this yet. I can almost assure you. Axie Time has a perfect Georgia National Champions timepiece that you've got to check out. It is listen. I've put my hands on it. I've held it. I've changed the bands out on them. I've done everything. These things are fantastic. They're extremely well-made, heirloom-quality, Swiss-made mechanical watches, and they're available for men and women. The perfect way to celebrate the Bulldogs' historic back-to-back national championships and gunning for back-to-back-to-back. Check out these gorgeous timepieces at Axia, A-X-I-A, time.com that's axia time.com and use promo code dogs d-a-w-g-s at checkout for 10 percent off your purchase price from what i understand that means you can go in there and buy three of these watches and get 10 percent off and then it becomes a real good deal y'all all right if you're looking for something extra special axia time has also partnered with the classic city collective to create a limited edition kirby smart autograph collection with the majority of the proceeds going directly to supporting the Georgia student athletes. There's no better way to commemorate the dogs back-to-back national championships, maybe back-to-back-to-back, than with one of these amazing timepieces. Again, check them out, axiatime, A-X-I-A-time.com, axiatime.com. Watches, 
that tell you so much more. I like it. Time. What was that, Rusty? You got something? I like it. You like it? Yeah, yeah. I like them too, man. They they sent me that one to unbox. Um, I, it's in an undisclosed location right now. I'm going to tell you all that right now. Yeah. Um, I'm we'll, about to repo that thing. We're about to see where that thing ends up. But, uh, man, it's it's sweet, dude. Those things are incredible. I mean, they are truly heirloom quality, and I'm a big fan of them. Uh, with that said, let's chop some wood. And Palmer, lead us off. I'm going to hand you the axe first. It's not even sharp yet. Man, I, I need to sharpen it, I guess, because, uh, you know, it wasn't really prepared. But I'll, I'll talk about something that, uh, you know, I saw thrown in the comments section earlier uh, in the show. And uh, I'll, I'll bring it back up. It was, you know, a funny interaction that we had uh, yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Um, God, the days are all running together here. Um, but with Zion Logue, a, a, a volunteer state native, um, you know, who was not really recruited by Tennessee. You know, I asked him, I because we had talked to Tate Ratledge. Obviously, he's, you know, pretty well documented that he grew up big Tennessee fan, you know, been been adamant that Neyland is probably the best place in the SEC to play. Um, you know, he's excited about getting his first start there, you know, was in line for one in 2021, but had that season come to a close early. Uh, but for Zion, I asked him, you know, hey, you grew up in Tennessee. Did you grow up a Tennessee fan? And he was like, no, not really. You know, admitted that he was a big basketball guy at the fan at the time. And, you know, was a big fan of the Kentucky Wildcats with John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins and company. Um, but shared a pretty funny story about his, his Tennessee time and said that he went up to Knoxville um, for a camp, spent about eight hours there um, and, you know, didn't really get much of a look. And then, um, you know, this was the Jeremy Pruitt era, um, Butch Jones era, um, the transition there um, and said that, you know, after after the time in, in Knoxville, ended up coming down to Athens for a camp, you know, worked out all yada, yada, yada gets the offer. Well, as he's coming down 316, he who, who calls Jeremy Pruitt, um, Jeremy Pruitt calls him to, to offer him. And uh, he said uh, it, it didn't get much of an, a, a look from him that, uh, you know, didn't didn't sit well, that he didn't get a ton of attention there, um, you know, at, at least to look at, at his home state school. And uh, so I, I think Zion, all that being said, I think Zion Logue is going to come out and with a you know chip on his shoulder this Saturday. Um, don't be surprised to see him. You know, he probably knows some guys on that Tennessee team. You know, having, I, I know he knows some guys on that Tennessee team. He mentioned a couple by name. Tyler Barron is somebody that he did a little bit of training with, both from the Nashville area. Um, so he knows he knows some guys on the opposite sideline. Uh, he'll probably know some people in the stands as, as he makes his way across state lines. And uh, I, I got a feeling that Zion Logue is going to want to show out. All right, I want to I want to chop some wood on this Georgia offense. Okay, and you know the schedule all of a sudden looks a lot tougher now than it did at the beginning of the season. Uh, but you're looking at a team in Georgia that is, I believe, top five, top six in the two major categories, in yards per game, points per game, averaging over 40 points per game, averaging over 500 yards per game. And I went back earlier this week and I did a little video where I did a, you know, where I talked about a play that I had seen Georgia run in 2023. Uh, it was, uh, I believe it was the touchdown that Kendall Milton ran in. And I'd seen Georgia run it in 2021 under Todd Munkin. It was the exact same play, formation and everything. James Cook ran it for him for a touchdown. 
Georgia used it to score a touchdown, tossed through a pass to Brock Bowers in the Orange Bowl. And, folks, listen, I, I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go for Mike Bobo. It's game by game. You know, humility is a week away. Kirby Smart says it all the time. But the lack of ego, the ego check that it takes to just come in and say, all right, I'm going to run this offense. I'm going to run these plays. I'm going to do these things because it's best for the players, not because it's mine and I've got to put my – listen, man, egos are large. And you think you think paychecks have gotten large. The egos are massive in that business. And for Bobo to come in and take all of that to, to, to basically say, listen, this is what our guys are doing. This is what they've been recruited to. This is a system that they've been recruited to. This is what they know. And for him, I mean, you can go through, you can check it on other stuff. Uh, you know, those – you know, you see other plays like the mesh crossing routes with the curl route behind him, Georgia, Todd Munkin. Um, you know, I still firmly believe there's a lot of Mike Bobo in this offense. There's no doubt in my mind. But I, I'm just impressed at this point in the year with this time with the offense that you're still seeing so much of what worked with Todd Munkin. And you're saying, well, it worked, big deal. Hey, man, the ego. I mean – for a guy just to kind of come in and be like, listen, he, he may have put it together. I'm going to run it because it's what's best for us and it's what, what gets wins on the board. I think that says a lot about a guy. And uh, obviously Mike Bobo has a lot of love for the University of Georgia and has done a fantastic job, I think, with Carson Beck. I mean, you've watched him get better and better as this year has gone on. Um, kudos to him. And, you know, we'll see if he can keep it going because I, I think he took on a pretty impossible task to begin with. Brand new quarterback, lots of new offensive pieces. Back-to-back national championships. He had one. Play, he he's got one thing he can do, Rusty, to be to be for it to be considered a big-time success. He's got to win a national championship for those on the outside to consider it. Pretty ballsy move to take that take that job in that situation. Isn't that crazy that Mike Bobo might be the next one to have a first-round quarterback? You know, because Carson Beck at some point is going to have a chance at that. Um, yes. And, only time he ever started was under Mike Bobo's offense. That's that's kind of crazy. Yep. Um, we'll chop wood on something a little different tonight. And um, those are on X, Twitter, whatever we are tonight. It's under the UGA Athletics, the official Georgia Bulldog uh, account. And they tweeted something out tonight. I want to read this real quick. It says, last Saturday, as a part of our salute to service, we honored Blair Collette, daughter of Sergeant Joseph Collette, who, was, who died from wounds sustained in combat operations in 2019. I watched that video and I thought, man, that dude looks familiar. This is talking there. And I pulled it up and it said Clay Ragsdale. And Clay Ragsdale is from the Georgia Survivor Outreach Services. I've known Clay Ragsdale since we were probably 16, 17 years old. He is from Cedartown, uh, Georgia, which is south of Rome. I've known Clay a long time. I hadn't seen Clay in probably 20 years. Clay's did probably four or five different uh, tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. I had a very detailed, probably too much information conversation. He was there the day Pat Tillman uh, got killed. He was there in Afghanistan. And uh, I had a conversation with him about it. But to see this dude and all he's done, I'll tell you this. I've known this guy. This guy is a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. And uh, hadn't heard from Clay, hadn't seen him in years. Kind of thought he was still in the military off. But University of Georgia used him to talk about uh, Georgia Survivor Outreach Services and what they do is take care of people's families who lose a member uh, in the in the service and don't have much camo, but I wore some tonight and I wore that uh, kind of honor those guys and 
Uh, I don't know if Clay will even see this, but man, I am so damn proud of you and and what an honor, man, to be on the Georgia official uh, Twitter account tonight. But um, outstanding what they do, and I know that young lady that got uh, recognized on the field uh, this weekend. That was a big deal. I didn't know what they were getting recognized for, so I'm glad Georgia put that back out. But hadn't seen Clay in 20 years, dude, and he pops up on Georgia's official. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? But uh, I just want to share that and uh, congratulations. I mean. Seertown, Seertown keeps putting out Bulldogs, man, with Nick Chubb and, and the guy Tay Harris committed and, and uh, Clay Ragsdale, certainly a, a big time Georgia Bulldog fan and, and, and a, a, a documented uh, veteran who's been through a lot to, to uh, protect this, this uh, country. Good word, Rusty. Appreciate that, man. All right, folks. Well, the, the, the wood has been chopped. It, along with the hay, is in the barn. And uh, we're ready to roll. We've got a pregame show coming up Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Make sure you tune in bright and early. Check that out. It will be available for you all the way up until forever. Watch it after the game if you want to. I don't care. Uh, and we'll have a postgame show. And then Georgia show will be back with you Monday, Wednesday, like we normally are. Um, Sunday. I'm sorry, Sunday, Wednesday. Maybe not Wednesday. It's holiday week next week. Uh, and there will be no bark after dark next Monday. Um, we're going to try to uh, we're gonna try to enjoy the fam's. Um, I'm doing a little traveling myself. Um, Palmer's got some traveling to do uh, to get back to Nashville. I don't know what Rusty's up to. He may kayak down the river there in Rome if it's cool enough. Let me tell you, the, 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 the most sobering thing I heard today, and Jake Rowe is going to laugh and not feel sorry for me one ounce. I am doing a three-hour radio show next Wednesday from the Atlanta airport. Oh, my Lord. Oh, dude, we got to get you in a Delta Sky Club. Oh, man. I feel we like we got to get you some tequila, so tequila sodas and lime. I feel like planes, trains, and automobiles next week. Like, what in the hell have I got myself into? So, oh, that's great. Oh, boy. So, y'all pray. I, I mean, I do feel for you, Rusty. I've got a heart. I've got a heart. And I, I feel for anybody that's got to do anything productive three hours in that airport. That's why I go get sloshed in the Sky Club. Busiest day of the year. Yeah. This day of the year. So that's going to be wild, man. Yep. All right. Well, hey, y'all make sure to tune into the channel. We've got it all for you. Come on over to Dogs HQ, 50% off a year long subscription or membership. I'm sorry, or $1 off of one for one month, uh, $1 for one month. So y'all come check us out and uh, we'll be back with you uh, Sunday, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday. Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday After night. After the game, we'll be back to you Sunday. sometime Sunday. this weekend. Y'all take it easy. <laughs>